Welcome to the 5G Network Slicing, the future of federal agencies podcast hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. 5G Network Slicing can allow federal agencies to create private, secure, and customized logical networks. Network Slicing can enable agencies to tailor the network to meet the mission-specific needs, helping to guarantee resource availability and enable quality of service based on the application and use case. This can be used when one application sends a private file with the ability for other 5G network slices to deliver additional packets simultaneously. It is the idea that a network can have the attributes needed when required, with the ability to simultaneously change and support slices on the same device and same bandwidth. In our podcast today, Troy Mitchell, who's the National Security Team Account Manager at Verizon, and Stephen Booer, who is the Principal for 5G Solutions at Booz Allen Hamilton, will discuss where technology is today and where the future of technology is going. The team will also discuss particular use cases for federal agencies and how each slice is an isolated end-to-end tailorable network. And Troy and Stephen, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Great to have you both. And let's kick it off. So really, what are the primary benefits of public and private 5G over other wireless technologies? And we'll go with Troy on this one. So if I take a step back, we start talking about what are the overall benefits of 5G. And so when you're talking about new and enhanced wireless service capabilities, there's really three primary benefits outside of the vast ones that everyone can identify. One, you have that seamless user experience. Here, we're starting to talk about the access, the coverage. What is that quality of service to make sure that as individual users have that experience, it stays consistent. You're not getting that breakup all the way throughout. At the same time, you're having lots of Internet of Things devices, whether you're talking about cameras or sensors or smart cities, smart warehouses, streaming type of devices that starts to become more of an interactive experience for many of the folks because you need to make sure you have that reliable service. And then also the role that 5G plays with our critical services. As such, we really see it as eight different components that make up that 5G capability. And those eight points of the 5G really start talking about the reliability, that throughput, you know, 10 gigs, you know, per individual seconds or that mobility some of that connected devices, you know, we talk about 1 million within a kilometer square, as well as that energy efficiency, the data volume of 10 terabytes per that same kilometer square. But as you asked about the differences between public versus private 5G, one of the things I would say is that a public 5G instance has low latency. It has a high bandwidth connectivity, but really you lack the control and the quality of service over who's accessing that network, what devices are accessing that network, and how do you actually manage some of that 5G bandwidth in order to support the end user. Where on the other side, when you start talking about a dedicated 5G network, it's on-premise. It's custom built for who the end user is, whether we're talking about an intelligence customer, a DOD customer, or others throughout the federal or commercial space. It allows you to provide the exact coverage, the exact type of reliability and capacity that supports those individual customers. And it also gives you private spectrum licenses. So it's less subject to interference that you would see on the public side. And it gives you an ability to manage it. You know, monitoring and controlling has a lot to do with how you access those radio nodes, those private packet cores and that individual user equipment, knowing that user insider threats are probably the greatest security threat to most networks. 
but it allows you basically to allow to decide what devices can connect to that network and how they actually can connect. That's great, Troy. Perfect intro there to really kick us off into getting into the network slicing side of this podcast. And can you all explain to us what really network slicing is and what some of the challenges are that it could help to address for the federal government? And we'll actually start with Stephen on this one. Sure. Thank you. 5G network slicing is an end-to-end logical separation of a physical network. You're literally slicing up a physical network into logical virtual networks with the intent to create these virtual networks that are tailored to specific use cases. Troy did a great job of explaining the benefits of 5G, but it's a sliding scale of capability. And if you build one network, you're only building to one of those capabilities. But with network slicing, you're able to slice that network up into logical networks that allow you to do massive machine IoT, as an example, or enhanced mobile broadband on that same network. The slices consist of everything you need to run a 5G network, the various network functions of 5G core, the radio network. Network slicing actually extends into the radio network, which is a kind of a paradigm shift for the way traditionally uh, networks have approached network segmentation. And it also extends into the transport between a 5G core network and a 5G radio network. This concept isn't new. We've seen this before in We've seen virtual segmentation of networks before in enterprise networks where enterprises and clouds have logically separated applications and networks using technology like virtual local area networks or virtual routing functions. But 5G takes it to a whole new level. It applies slicing and it applies these virtual networks end to end and top to bottom across the entire technology stack. It's awesome. Great rundown there. Thanks, Stephen. Troy, anything to add to that one? Yeah, absolutely. So we see a lot of the network slicing kind of fits in within four overall slices. You know, Stephen mentioned it, and I mentioned it a little bit in the preamble where we start talking about those four slices, one being that ultra-reliable low-latency communications. And this is where you're talking about latency-sensitive devices. And applications, as Stephen mentioned, some of that automation, some of the AR, VR, remote surgery, and how you know folks have a 3D imaging of brains for neurology before they go in and actually do brain surgery. But at the same time, that second slice being enhanced mobile broadband slice that gives you that internet access that's suitable for web browsing, video streaming, virtual reality. And it's an internet access service uh, that's tied to many of the smartphones. And then that third slice being that massive machine type communications that Stephen was talking about and how it's basically a narrow band for internet access for sensing and monitoring type of devices. And then finally, you have that, what we would normally just call that customer slice, that individual slice that the customers can use that's highly secure for any of their kind of data that they want to securely transmit. All right, great. Yeah, let's dive in a little bit more into the security side of things. So how can you secure the slices and how do you have varying levels of security with varying slices within the network? And we'll actually go with Steven on this one. So I think it's first important to understand that while network slicing can be a valuable tool in implementing a comprehensive security solution, the primary purpose of network slices isn't security. It's to provide a tailored end-to-end virtual network to meet unique requirements and specific use cases. Network slices can be configured in a variety of ways 
They can be configured to share network functions. They can be configured to share a common infrastructure. So to secure a network slice, it's first important to understand the degree of isolation that is needed for that network slice. As an example, if this networks, if the network slice that's being created is going to process sensitive data for an organization and have a direct connection into an organization, it may be necessary to create additional dedicated virtual network functions within the 5G network so that the network slice isn't sharing, sharing network functions that are required for devices to operate over that network slice with the other network slices. So based on the sensitivity of the data, you may need to isolate network functions and even potentially physical infrastructure, depending on what the requirements are. If you're dealing with a critical infrastructure use case where there's a high reliability requirement, there may need to be um, more dedicated network resources to that network slice than a more generic network slice that's supporting an, more of an, a data dissemination function. So regarding varying levels of security, supporting varying levels of security over, over network slices, there will need to be a, there will be a need to define what secure means, what policy controls will need to be in place, what security network functions will be required, whether or not you can have shared versus dedicated cloud and network functions. The challenge here really when you are dealing with varying levels of security is very analogous to what the federal government struggled with the initial cloud implementations. As we know, the government established a FedRAMP process to certify cloud environments as FedRAMP low, medium, and high in order to process varying levels of data. And that's very similar to the way network slices are evolving in that you can have logical network slices that are shared hardware. You can further isolate certain network slices and kind of create a similar model to what you have with the FedRAMP low, medium, and high in the cloud and in the cloud world. Awesome. Great, Stephen. Appreciate those insights there. So how can network slicing help support both civilian and defense agencies? And actually, Stephen, we'll stick with you on this one to start. Sure. I think network slicings are going to play a valuable role for federal civilian agencies in terms of operating through commercial networks, creating secure slices, creating tailored slices over commercial networks to allow federal agencies to better accomplish their missions and use cases. I think we're going to see commercial networks evolve and provide different service level agreements and capabilities with network slicing. But additionally, on with private network slices, the federal government will be able to extend more sensitive networks and accomplish some of those same use cases for more sensitive data with private network slices as well. Agencies like the Department of Veteran Affairs, as an example, could use network slicing to enable smart hospitals with medical IoT devices, as well as support the dissemination of PII data and also ARVR use cases like telementoring and telemedicine. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Stephen. Troy, we'd love your take on this question. Yeah, absolutely. So where I look at the defense and in general, you know, it also makes me think that a lot of the intelligence agencies that we work with in federal organizations, you know, we're all focused on national security interests and we're all focused on how do we deploy overseas and support one, our allies and partners and coalition. And if I look at it from a def- 
defense perspective, outside of what we do with advanced robotics and smart warehouses and things of that nature and autonomous machines, it makes me think of maybe humanitarian operations. How do we enable military operations and leveraging some of those commercial capabilities that are out there via telecommunications? And we need those private slices, those private instantiations, potentially you know, working some drone management, so remote piloted aircraft. How do you have a drone overhead that increases your overall spectrum that you have within a specific area? But at the same time, it's giving you early indicators and warnings to support decision makers when you start talking about the security around some of these places that we may deploy to. It gives you real-time video analytics in the event that I'm going to deploy overseas and maybe we're doing a raid or we're doing some targeting and things of that nature. So now you're talking about base security and some of the badging access controls and the cameras that are enabled. So you're starting to make sure that you have that consistent, reliable streaming capabilities from either airborne devices, terrestrial devices, base security kind of devices that enable communication to decision makers. But at the same time, knowing that in a military operation or organization, everything is geographically separated and dispersed through decentralized command and control, if you will, that's where network slicing and that private slice that we talked about, one of the four slices becomes so valuable. And how do you have that private data that goes back to the individual decision makers to be able to speed up how fast we can outcycle any adversaries in order to make decisions in a timely manner that supports our overall national interest? Great. Appreciate the time that you both shared with us today. And for our last question, it's usually a future focus question. So what could network slicing look like in the future for federal agencies? And we'll start with Troy on this one. Absolutely. So when we start talking about what is the future, I think it looks at how does 5G get proliferated across the globe, if you will. You know, by the time we're talking about calendar year 25, we're talking that a lot of the penetration of 5G has exasperated. We're talking about release 19, release 20. We're already starting to talk about some of the 6G things. And Really, we're focused on what is that technology disruptions? How does AI, ML kind of play into this blockchain? And what are those threats and opportunities for mobile subscribers and operators? Because at this point, you're going to have over 2 billion 5G subscribers. And so when we start talking about how do you partition almost like a coax cable, these individual slices, we're really enabling the private commercial 5G mech co-located kind of commercial core mobile switching capabilities so globally. But at the same time, multi-carrier slice federation. You're seeing a lot of the global carriers coming together to start looking at how do we manage this overall spectrum, but also enable that private instantiations to support that strong coordination between the carriers itself, as well as the commercial radio access networks that support dynamic spectrum sharing. Excellent. Steven, any thoughts here in terms of the future focus? Yeah, I think network slicing is going to continue to evolve in capability and become fundamental to the way we architect networks in general. Network slicing is going to extend beyond 5G, as Troy mentioned, into 6G. It's going to allow for segmentation and services across cellular, Wi-Fi, wireline networks. The standards are already being developed to support the traffic segmentation across multiple network types. And then ultimately, we're going to see a transformation in the way federal government and the federal agencies operate. New applications and services are going to emerge that take advantage of network slices. 
And these applications are going to facilitate efficiencies and new ways of doing business within the federal government. This concludes the 5G Network Slicing the Future of Federal Agencies podcast hosted on Government Technology Insider. We're Troy Mitchell, who's the National Security Team Account Manager for Verizon, and Stephen Boer, who is the Principal for 5G Solutions at Booz Allen Hamilton, discuss the benefits of 5G network slicing for government and much more. And Troy and Stephen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. It was great to discuss this interesting topic with you all. 